If you followed along the previous two episodes, our plants have now successfully made it through the growth cycle. Flowering is complete and we're ready to harvest. During this final dry and cure stage, patience is a virtue, as unproperly flushed flowers will lead to an unpleasant, harsh smoking experience that lacks flavor. Here again to help walk you through the process is Dusty Schroyer, who will be guiding you to reach the highest of qualities of flower through the, these final stages. Dusty, thanks again for being here. You're welcome. It's great to be here. Now that our plants are done growing, they're ready to be harvested. How do we begin this delicate process and what are the benchmarks we'll need to complete before doing so? So when your plants are ready to harvest, the best thing to do is prepare a drying space for them. Your drying space needs to be temperature controlled. Um, I like to dry in cold conditions. Under 70 degrees is definitely the best. If you can get it down to 60, it's going to be even better for protecting terpenes and really allowing your plants to slow dry and not dry too quick. Also, the colder conditions are less conducive to potential contaminants like mold during the drying process. So the colder you get it, the less likely it is to have mold set in as long as you can keep your humidity at levels that allow the plant to continue to evaporate water and moisture. So basically, once you harvest, you want to put your plants in a cool, dry, dark area where they're completely secured. So like a closet is probably going to be the, the, the perfect place to dry. Is simply hanging the plants and allowing them to air dry the only method to drying these plants and trims? Or if not, you know, what other methods could we employ and will it result in a quicker drying period at all? Well, I definitely recommend drying on the vine. So either doing a whole plant hang or drying individual stems hung on a hanger in a closet is really makes it really easy. The reason I recommend that is because each part of the flower is accessible to evaporation. So it, it's, it, it, it requires the least amount of tending and you keep your bud structure so your flower still looks like a flower after it's dry. There are definitely other ways you can dry on a rack. You need to, to make sure that that rack is like a screen and has airflow from the top and bottom and you're still gonna have to turn your buds often and so you're gonna have to touch them all the time which is gonna reduce the overall quality. So for the highest quality, keep them on the vine. So what's happening to the plant in the beginning stages of this dry? Is there any kind of change on the molecular level or is there anything that's really happening with the plant in terms of the final year yield product? You're gonna, your plant's gonna go through a lot of changes. So, you know, mainly it's gonna reduce its size because of the reduction in moisture content. So that's all that's really happening here is water's evaporating. And through that time, you're also going to, um, if you can do it nice and slow, you're going to reduce the amount of sugars and chlorophyll that remain in your final product. So that's why you wanna take it slow, slow it down a little bit, give the plant some time to actually reduce its levels of chlorophyll and sugars. And that makes the smoke smoother in the long run. Kind of piggybacking now off Justin's question, I kind of wanted to ask is, you know, the plant and the nugs that you'll eventually cut down, are the medicinal properties almost still developing or were those already developed through the growth stages and now we're just flushing what we don't want and the excess things that, as you're saying, we don't want in our lungs? Like are terpenes or anything like that still developing through this dry process? Not to my knowledge. Your plant's going to have fully developed its chemical components, but they can certainly shift depending on the drying conditions, uh, meaning that cannabinoids like THC, the medicine that's in the plant, can convert to other cannabinoids like CBN. So to prevent that, you want to 
again, not expose them to heat, light, and air. You want to minimize that exposure. What are we looking for in our bud structures and overall field to help us determine the right time to leave the drying stage and then into the cure stage? That's a really good question because it, you know, I've become used to having analytical equipment to do this with, meaning that we can test the moisture content and do it really precise from a scientific perspective. But at home, what you look for is is your stem. You want to make sure your bud is dry before it enters the curing stage at a, at a pretty safe level. So the stem, when you first harvest it, it's full of moisture and it's going to bend when you try to bend it. From there, it goes into snapping and then finally when it's fully dry, cracking. So that snapping stage where your, your stem, it almost breaks, but it doesn't snap in half, that is a sign that you're around 15% moisture content. And when you're at about 15% moisture content, it's time to seal it up and then slowly bring the rest of the moisture down to about 12%. For people who are unaware of the meaning behind cure, could you explain why cultivators refer to this as the curing process? I mean, what exactly are we curing? Curing in, is a process that's used in all agriculture, and it just simply means the homogenization of moisture throughout the batch. So curing cannabis actually is a quality component that revolves around slowly removing moisture and homogenizing the moisture throughout the batch. So we're going to reduce that last 3% moisture content slowly over time to, again, further prevent from any loss of terpenes um, and further reduce both chlorophyll and sugars in the final product. What type of resources will we need for this final cure? Uh, you mentioned in kind of controlling the last little bit of that hum um, water content coming out of the plant. So um, do we need to kind of, I guess, shrink down the structure that the plants are in or, you know, where should we be storing the buds and kind of talk to a little bit throughout that process? Yeah, my, my preference is a glass mason jar, any type of glass container. Pyrex can work really well for this as well. Um, I, if you have that one really big plant and really big harvest, so you're around that 1.5 pound mark maybe on harvest day, um, or when your, your product is finally dry, you can actually consider turkey bags. I can't believe I'm saying this. They've mm -hmm. been used for years on the West Coast. They actually do result in a pretty good cure. Um, but if you can, keep it in glass. And, you know, glass with a nice airtight lid, and the process is pretty simple. You're just going to open that jar every day, make sure that what will happen is moisture from the center of the flower can start to emerge on the edges, and especially if you've sealed it up with too much moisture in it. So you want to open it up periodically, allow the humid air to escape and replace it with fresh air from the room, and that will slowly bring down your moisture content. And you you want that, you know, you you probably want to be at 12% within a week of sealing in your final container. And then you're going to let it age from there. You, earlier, you recommended, um, you know, hanging the buds or drying them uh, as the whole plant if possible. Right. But at any point, should we be trimming the buds during this stage or do we wait until the final cure is complete? So you've got two options for trimming. Um, when you're harvesting just a small amount, you can actually wet trim right when you, right when you harvest. And wet trimming is a little bit easier than dry trimming, meaning you can get the job done faster. Or you can dry it out, and right before you put it in its curing container, when it's at about a 15% 15 moisture, you can dry trim it. There is nothing really in between that's effective. So you can't cut it down, hang it for a day, and then come back and trim it because you get your fan leaves and your terminal sugar trim can um, 
kind of shrink up on you and it's, it's just harder to get to at that time. So it's easier when the plant's fresh or when it's dry. And yeah, you will want a manicure for the best looking flowers for sure. You want to just, you know, the, that process is relatively simple, but um, just think of anything that's protruding from the flower as not being high as high in cannabinoid or terpene content. And therefore it will be a little bit harsher on the palate when you smoke it. So you want to remove it. You can use that for other things like making a can of butter or uh, infused coconut oil right at home and turn that into edibles. I uh, don't recommend smoking it. About how long does the curing stage last? You keep mentioning that 12% moisture benchmark, but can you kind of like manipulate it and keep it going and even drop it lower than that to get a different end result product? So, you know, I really think there is like three phases. There's a drying phase, there's a curing phase where you're homogenizing moisture, and then there's an aging phase. And oftentimes aging and curing get lumped into one phase. So, you know, assuming that's what we're talking about here, um, a minimum of 30 days is really good. You're going to have decent, decent product at that time, and it can go up to six months. So it's all about your sweet spot and what you're looking for. Now, you're going to get some cannabinoid conversion, but a lot of people think that's good. The longer you age product, the less likely it is to make you paranoid. So really fresh product is going to be really strong, really high in THC and have minimal, minimal amounts of CBN. As you let it age, some of that THC converts to CBN. It's actually smoother, nicer. And if you're a, you know, you enjoy smoke in the nighttime because you want to relax, uh, a little extra aging can go a long way. Speaking on aging, burping is a common term that we write on when searching this stage of the growth cycle. Would you mind explaining to our listeners what burping means in reference to cannabis and why it's a necessarily element to any proper cure? Absolutely. So so burping is what I was referring to when you're going to open your jar up every day to check the flower inside and see how moist it's become. So it'll re-moisten because some of the moisture from the stem in the center of the flower is now moved to the edges of the flower through osmosis to just slowly gravitating out. And, um, and then you're going to burp it to remove the humid air that's formed inside the jar and replace it with some air that has less humidity in it. And the burping, you, when you burp your product, all, all that means is you open the jar, right? And that can last depending on what stage of cure. If, if your product got really moist, you may want to leave your jar open for another day. You might have sealed it up too soon. Typical burp is around 15 minutes to an hour. And then you put the lid back on. In your opinion, why is curing such a vital final stage of cultivating flower that should be respected by all levels of growers? You've done so much work already. Don't shortchange yourself at the end. You know, obviously you can borrow a little bit ahead of time to to get you through when the, the product is finally cured, but it's just going to improve in quality over time. And it's all about reaching, you know, your desired outcome. So if you want a really smooth smoke, that's a really good quality. 30 to 60 days of cure is highly recommended. It's hard to get to, though, at a home grow. I'm not going to lie. Dusty, I think that concludes it for these three episodes. We've talked about all the different growth cycles, how to build and manage your grow, and now this final cure and drying stages. Do you have really any lasting remarks for any of our excited home growers out there who are listening and eager to get, get to work? I'm just, I'm excited for everybody in this state. Everybody deserves to be able to grow cannabis if they can. It's a plant. It should be free. And, um, you know, growing cannabis has been a passion of mine for years. I'm happy to be able to share it with you. And I'm happy for people to be able to finally experience it on their own without, you know, taking any risk at all. I think that it's, you know, our liberty as people of this country to be able to grow this plant 
and consume it as medicine. And I'm just super excited about the future. So good luck to everybody out there. And hopefully we'll be doing some more shows in the future to help you out. All right, everybody put their hands up. We're going to say homegirl on three. This guy, are you serious? I'm dead serious. <laughs> All right, ready? One, two, three. Homegrow. Home no. no. Justin didn't say it, so I'll say it for him. Homegrow. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dusty. Thanks, John. Thank you, Revolutionaries, again, for tuning in to our Home Grow series. Be sure to tune into all of our social networks to keep up to date on everything that we have going on. Yes, that would be at the vault underscore podcast. Join the revolution. revolution.